Alabama native George Gibson points to a recently released study linking changing the toilet paper roll to brain damage as the cause of the dissolution of his matrimony to Wendy Gibson, nay McEnroe. Our independent researchers here at Disinformed can neither confirm nor deny the perils of handling an exhausted paper roll at this time. Well, if you wanted honesty, you have come to the wrong place. This is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. Strange things happen in the state of Alabama, my friends. Do you want to just jump right into it, what we hushed hushed Mr. Man about? I mean, well, why why don't we? Michael, what were you researching? Oh, so, well, I wasn't researching <laughs> at all. No, you were researching. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was. Like I was really curious. I was told at work the <laughs> difference between line breeding and inbreeding. What's the difference? Uh, so inbreeding, according to this guy, um, who I've mentioned him offhandedly in the podcast before, um, he's the Trump guy that I've had to deal with multiple times at work. Trump but anyway, he's the guy um, with seven fingers and eleven toes, right? Uh, y- y- yes, yes. Um, pretty much, he was like inbreeding is when it's brother fucking sister. Line breeding is if you skip a generation or two. I see. So he's done a significant amount of dedicated study to this. Yeah. I mean, based on his digit situation, he's a product of it, so. <laughs> either that or he's fucking frogs, and I, it's not pretty either way. Did Courtney send you guys the uh, the Alex, was it sent into our group, the Alex Jones remix? Yes, yes. and it was beautiful. In every single possible way. Yeah. It's my favorite song, actually. It's um, checks out. That. I don't know what order to do this in, but I just do it. I have two things, <laughs> both at the same time. Uh, firstly, it's not easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think before the uh, the the event that Michael's privy to, we should just share that I got I got Courtney agreed to watch a scary movie with me <laughs> this past week. These things always end so badly that I'm I'm terrified. The only bad thing that happened is that I got a little too stoned, and the entire time that we were watching the movie, I was looking to Courtney being like, God, I hope she doesn't realize that I'm just out of my tiny (laughs) mind right now. (laughs) Like, putting together coherent sentences was very tough, and that made me think about our friends that are, like, heavy, heavy cannabis users being like, how do you do this shit? Like, I know people that... To, in order to work through their entire day, like a, on their feet, like a server shift, have mm-hmm. to be blitzed, and I couldn't even fathom. <laughs> no, um, certainly not. Well, so how it originally started is I'm doing the Kevin Smith rewatch, like of all his movies in order, and the next mm-hmm. movie in the lineup is Red State, which is his first movie in his career to go into horror. So I figured it'd be fun, since Courtney's been dipping her toes in that water, to, to invite her over to watch Red State. And we, we set the whole, we, we planned it all out. She showed up, and I didn't, as usual, no surprise to you guys, I didn't do any research because uh, I just assumed that I could get it on YouTube or Amazon, you know, just either if it was a purchase or a rental. Um, mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it fucking, it wasn't available anywhere. Not even YouTube. So Dogma, like we talked about this on, on prior episodes, Dogma you can't rent or purchase because of the licensing, and the, you can just look that up or just go listen to the prior episodes. But I didn't think that that extended to Red State. Additionally, on Dogma, I found a free stream on YouTube because what the fuck are they going to do? Right. Um, so I tried to find that for Red State as well, and it just was not working. 
Well, the difference, as we discussed, is that um, Kevin Smith owns Red State like lock, stock, and barrel. That was his own. They The only thing that they did was they uh, created a distribution deal for digitization and for physical production of DVDs, but he took that out on his own. They actually um, went on the, the little road show for Red State, and he That's showed right. that. It, so it's a Smodco picture. It's the first in the line there, and it's why he was told he was going crazy for a while, that he'd lost his mind because he refused to give it to a distributor. Gotcha. Yeah, so I guess I guess what I'm going to do is just borrow it from the Library of Shane because mm. the only place that everything is available is there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I do have a lot of physical media still. But the reason that I thought that Courtney would enjoy it is because it looked like it had some nice little religious-y undertones to it. And I've also been reading um, Raven, which is the you know Jim Jones mm-hmm. horrifically detailed you know deep dive. So it felt like appropriate. So that didn't end up happening, but we pivoted really strong, and Courtney has now seen what I think is her first A24 movie. Yep. I so, have one question. What? How did you uh, how'd you feel about the baby jam? Hmm. Yeah, so we watched the, <laughs> we watched The Witch. Mm. <laughs> I had forgotten about Baby Jam. I mean, I oh, still think how that do you forget the baby jam? Raven in the nipple scene was probably worse for some reason. <laughs> yeah, well, you can empathize well, with real, that. <laughs> Michael, have you seen The Witch? No, I said I was going to, but we ended up passing out that night. Oh, why am I shocked? Let's go ahead and throw a blanket, like, spoiler slash trigger warning real quick. And Shane, would you care to describe to Michael what the Raven scene is? You can do Baby Jam too if you want, but I think the Raven scene, since that's the one that triggered Courtney the most. Oh. <laughs> the mother, so essentially the, the child is, uh, there's a an infant that's kidnapped at the beginning of the film. It's kind of the catalyst for everything else that follows. It's the inciting incident for the movie. Okay. Um. Uh, at one point later on in the film, as the, you know, whether you believe this or not, the devil's influence or the, the curse has descended on the homestead, the mother begins to kind of, um, how should we say, uh, hallucinate at one point. <laughs> and so she believes that um, one of her other children, who I'm not going to allude to, this is very difficult to do this without spoilers, mm-hmm. but... Um, one of the other kids brings the infant back to her and hands it over to her, and she begins to breastfeed the child in her mind. So she thinks she has her baby back, and he's been gone for months, so he must be starving. And so she's breastfeeding the child. They then cut to something else, and then they come back to her, and she's got a raven that is just pecking her nipple off of her body. And snapping okay. it and eating it, and she laughs as the blood's yeah. running down. Uh, that was Courtney's yeah. favorite scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, for good reason, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so you know, body I, horror. I would okay. say mm. it's not, it didn't really feel like a horror movie to me. It really felt like a triumphant no. story of a young girl coming into her own. Yeah. It was a very coming-of-age movie. Yeah. Maybe Indeed. even a uh, Hail Satan kind of moment. Yeah. You know what Indeed. I mean? Indeed. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have, I've said that is, to me, more of a suspense film. Mm-hmm. That It doesn't strike me as a horror film. There yeah, are we're... supernatural elements in it, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it is, it's not horrific in the way that we think these days. It's more of a coiled spring of a movie. And there was too many like weird similarities between that movie and my life that I really didn't appreciate. Um, because if my dad could live the way they lived, that would 100% be his thing. And then the birth order of the children. So the girl was the oh, oldest. Yeah. And then the second was a son named Caleb, which is my brother, who is the second born. And then there's twins. And in my family, there's twins that come after my brother, Caleb. And that was just like, oh, this is too weird. 
Too huh. close for comfort. Yeah, so you said that to me when you realized it, and that was when I was peeking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now. Because <laughs> oh. you were, you kind of, every time you would look over and ask me something, your eyes were like as big as Albus's eyes. You were just like, whoa. I was overcompensating because I thought that they were close. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, if you've got an uncle named Philip, I'm hanging up this phone. No. No, we're, okay. we're safe. Uh, speaking of which, Melissa's mother just got a black goat. Black Philip. And, black Philip. And I insisted that it needed to be named Black Philip, and no one went with me on this. And they're all going to rue the day I will have my revenge. I think. Uh, I think Black Philip and that story or rewatching the witch makes me want to get like one of those cute little plushies of you know a Black Philip, like, like the Baphomet plushie. Uh huh. You know. Um. But we've been speaking of Satan. Unless, Courtney, do you have anything else about The Witch that you're excited about? Any? No, I really liked it. And I feel like I am starting to slowly build up a little bit more of a tolerance. I think I may have Ooh. said it before. But I really, I think the storytelling in horror is something that I am not very familiar <gasps> with. Because I've never seen any of it. So watching kind of the tropes and stuff that they go through. And kind of the way that they build up to things is really interesting. I agree. I'm a big fan of the genre. Yeah. Um and we got we got another day on or an evening in the books. Jonah, Courtney, they're gonna come over for the conjuring two. Because Jonah and Courtney on their own, well Jonah mainly made Courtney watch the conjuring and she survived most of it from what I understand. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna amp up the scares a little bit and we're gonna turn all the lights off and we're gonna see if Courtney cries in my house. (laughs) I'm, uh, it won't be the first time, and it probably won't be the last. I'm going to apologize in advance, because there are going to be some moments of that film that are going to feel like a letdown. That That is true. I think it's going to be better on a rewatch, though. Yes. I mean, it does get better, but after the first film, particularly if you follow the second directly on the heels of it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. it's got some pretty distinct tonal shifts in some of the characterization, and I, it bothers me to this day. But what are you going to do? <laughs> but speaking of Satan... Uh, like we all too often do. Right. I got an email while I was on vacation from the Satanic Temple, you know, the, the mailing list. And I guess uh, Michael also gets the mail. So, you know, he knows this, but I figured I'd share it with you guys because it gave me a mighty chuckle. And also it was in the moment a really nice conversational piece to talk to my father-in-law and his his wife of like, hey, here's what punk rock atheism is. Um, <laughs> so, and Michael, maybe oh, I was going to ask Michael to help me pronounce something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I would know how it's pronounced. The school district? Yes. Can you go ahead and take a shot for me? Mahoney? That's what I thought too. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Mahoney it looks pretty <laughs> yeah. straightforward. Oh, Mahoney. Mahoney. Uh, oh, the, mama. Oh, the uh, the Mahoney district school <laughs> board was sued after they suspended a student who sent a private message to her friends while she was at the mall after school hours that read, fuck school, fuck softball fuck chair, fuck everything. They also threatened disciplinary action against students who plan to organize a peaceful protest against the school board by wearing hoodies, which violate school dress code. So the Satanic Temple has offered hoodies to Mahoney School District students to wear as part of a religious ritual and have informed the school board of messages concealed inside these hoodies that read, fuck the Mahoney School Board, as well as other similar sentiments. (laughs) Um... Now, the Satanic Temple members can participate in a ritual rooted in the expression of religious freedom. They're offering t-shirts with the acronym FTMSB. This stands for freedom. 
that's my satanic behest. <laughs> Concerned that people <laughs> might think it could stand for fuck the Mahoney School Board. <laughs> so the Satanic Temple has informed the Mahoney School District Board <laughs> that we are advising adherents to make absolutely clear to anyone who asks that those letters definitely do not stand for fuck the Mahoney <laughs> School Board. <laughs> Students at Mahoney or anywhere else who wear the FT MSB shirt should be presumed to be doing so for our explicit religious statement about freedom. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, and... Between getting that email and today, um, the reason I thought about it again is because one of the top headlines is that the student won. Uh, so the Supreme Court ruled in her favor for First Amendment rights. Nice. Um, especially since clearly, and it was expressed even in the original uh, report, that she was not even on school property. It was after school was over. She was at a mall. It Furthermore, it's an opinion. It's not like she said literally fuck it. Like she, I, I get it the biggest hose you can, drag it down the hallways <laughs> and just splooge on everything inside the building. Yeah, and it wasn't violent. It wasn't it, there was no threats. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a not to, you know, trigger the you know, it wasn't like a Columbine. It's not like someone stumbled Ooh. upon her journal and there was pictures of her her teachers with their heads cut off, like you know, coming like, in hot. And th- that was the that was the other the counter argument to the suing what the school board originally was arguing because a lot of states have anti bullying um, and anti harassment laws, and they were going based off of that. Um, which clearly oh, she harassing uh, exactly <laughs> adults adults yeah. can handle it. Yeah, they can't handle the truth. Um, Co-parter, That was their whole <laughs> argument was that, oh, well, you know, it could be it's it's a level of disruption that that could go through the school. That was like what kind of the legal because I read a little bit into it because okay. the, the Supreme Court court ruled eight to one. In favor of the of the of that the girl. one person's just <laughs> sitting there with his arms crossed, going. <laughs> Here's the thing about <laughs> that, though. Like, tell me that not everyone on that school board has not said all of those things at least once. Oh yes, like well, it, they're it, all at home going, "Fuck this school and fuck cheer." And, yeah. Like, come on. And one of the worst parts about it was it. It I reading further. It was actually a Snapchat. Okay. A Snapchat message, which is so private. You have to. It's like. Yes, it's <clears throat> private. So and it's temp- it's 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 only temporary cuz even even messages yeah. get deleted. Where I would understand is like if there was like a a portal, you know, like cuz on the library side, Shane, like you you know you you access it through a portal and mm-hmm. I I don't think you can leave messages or anything like that, but like or or you guys are educated, like if you were on well, a, like school, a school message yeah, board, a school or... message board or anything that involved you putting in your credentials that were given mm-hmm. to you at you school, to and then you yeah. shared your opinions like that, then I could understand. Writing on your locker, you know, right? Uh, Peeing in Michael's mouth. Dissenting, uh, yes. <laughs> Do you want to hear what the dissenting opinion was based off of? Am I sure. going to be mad? Uh, a little annoyed because she. So the whole idea is she said fuck cheerleading, fuck school because she was um, denied a promotion from junior varsity to varsity for cheerleading, and that's why she was really upset. Which is understandable. I, if I was denied, you know, going from junior varsity up, I would have been probably equally upset. And I said mean, something did she you know, suck at cheerleading though? I was going to say there's nothing more destructive <laughs> that, to, in the human language. That was language not part of either. <laughs> that was not part of the argument. 
you know, sometimes cheerleading. you but, can suck at cheerleading and suck at other things and still make the varsity squad. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but there's, there's also so where the phrase, it's also where the phrase, oh, fuck softball comes from. <laughs> so. oh, God. One of those school board members. It's a flash forward to this week's fan fiction, by the way. You're all going to love it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but. Uh, the the main idea was that because she was in an extracurricular activity and she was commenting on said extracurricular activity, it gives a little bit more gravitas to to the whole message, even though it still was private, which def- whatever. But mm. that was the hi- whole idea was that um, in his dissension because it was uh, the uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, but he well <laughs> no accounting he, for taste. He was pretty <laughs> much saying that you know saying fuck the football team or fuck football wouldn't mean as much coming from a regular student than coming from say the uh, uh football leader uh you know the football try try to, i dare like, you like to a, name a position in football the quarterback right now. The, there the team okay. captain. congratulations that was a fucking yeah the team layup, captain though. yes thank you that was what i was trying to say courtney thank you um Sorry, you you asked me not he to say your my name. name. I apologize. Uh, I, I'm sorry, send but no, that name, was that was the whole argument name. was that uh, because she's in the activity, being critical of the activity makes it even worse if you're part of it. Like, man, that guy wasn't even a part of the fucking speech and debate team in high school, apparently, <laughs> with a weak sauce nonsense like that. So weak. Grow up. So weak. <laughs> He probably thinks MSG is bad for him. Probably. probably does. White bread honky motherfucker. piece of shit. <laughs> Come gargling <laughs> blunder cunt. Hey, Michael, do we have any follow-up from the person that allegedly doesn't listen to this anymore? Uh, no. All right, so uh, he probably also, still doesn't listen. <laughs> so you, you guys call them, you know, milk toast and all that. I don't remember what I said, but. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's black, just so you guys know. Okay, cool. I still stand I by my statement. Don't know I, I, why I mean, I bring that up. I <laughs> because Michael <laughs> likes to try to intimate that we're racists <laughs> or at least racially insensitive because he doesn't have the intellect to argue anything from a firm foundation or a solid stance well, based on reason, logic, involved. or an articulated point. So he has to be like, y- "You're racist," but he's engaged in the activity, so you know it's almost as bad. You know, so yeah, like, yeah. That's that is true. I my my words have more weight than uh, like yeah. heavy water. Your eyes died a little bit when you said that. When you said that your words had weight, are you doing okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just it took me a moment to realize that my words, in fact, do not have any weight, and that's what kicked in, and that's why I look dead on the inside. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> they have weight. You got, you got no they... sense of smell. Well, I got no sense of being alive. Uh, is it that bad? Do I sound that congested? No, you sound great. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you sound as good as you ever do, Michael. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah. Take that as you will. <laughs> All I'm asking is that you just you bear with us here, Michael. Okay. 
And speaking of bears, uh, on to this week's topic. Yay! It's going to be a good time for all involved parties, and I'm excited to give it to you. But uh, for the uninitiated amongst you, what we typically do on this glorious show is we will delve into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we will leaven in the occasional lie, because that is the shtick. That's Michael's grand plan that he conjured (laughs) before we created this little show. So this is all his fault, Mm -hmm. and I'm on the record about that but it is now incumbent upon those listening to ferret out the fact from fiction and that is why this is fun Uh right right everyone having fun (laughs) fuck this off i will turn this car around (laughs) fuck the podcast fuck the music and fuck tempe arizona fuck the casbah fuck the hoochies (laughs) Anywho, uh, turn this car around, though. I dare you. Turn double around. Double dog dare you. Right mm. eyes? Every Show now. me that trunk space. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I have for you this week, and this is a title I am particularly fond of. Uh, once you hear the context of the story, it'll be even funnier. But uh, this week, I bring you Beware of Bears, a.k.a. Live Free or Play Dead. And uh, that's actually be... my life motto. I would watch that. I would watch Bruce Willis in that movie. <laughs> Live free or play dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm my, just gonna lay right here. My possum that way. I didn't hear that. That's a really good, Bruce Willis. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, thank you. I have my moments. Uh, it doesn't have a Boston accent though, so I'm not hitting it exactly. <laughs> oh, as well, as you as can as go Boston if I can. If, I can. Why you... <laughs> oh, don't you know? Oh, I take uh, your. How's your mother doing? Oh. Oh, she oh. and the wood chipper over there. Yeah. Oh, I love those Red Sox. They do, oh, they play down there at that uh, Fenway Park. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's great. Soho. So I'm gonna combine multiple states now. <laughs> Anywho, if you happen to be one of the oh, by the way, I'm sorry, I misspoke. There are five lies in this episode. Ooh. And I'm sure you're going to have a grand old time tracking them down, because I can't even discern them at this point. But uh, if you happen to be one of the intrepid souls venturing into a national park in the United States, you have most certainly encountered the axiomatic advice that, should you find yourself being attacked by a brown or grizzly bear, you should absolutely play dead. The detailed procedure to prevent your head being wrested from your body is to make like a starfish and cling to the ground with all of your might, facing downward. What? Rumor has it that after the bear fucks you, it will leave you alone. (laughs) Is that bullshit? Is the facing downward (laughs) bullshit? No, it's not. Uh, The the rumor has it that after attempting to flip you over several times, because you are, after all, enduring a bear attack, not getting a massage at spa envy... Uh, Yogi's angry uncle, Brutal Ben, will most likely just leave you be. But uh, with that said, should you happen to find yourself being attacked by a black bear... Uh Uh-oh. Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Do not, under any circumstances, play dead. You must either flee, offer to suck its dick... Or if that's not an option, try to fight it off. Yeah. Weapon X claws, 700 PSI jaws, and all. It's the three Fs. It's flea, fight, or fuck. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't really recommend to fight it as as your last line. Is that Yes. Is that, what? 
What happened Wait, to you? Do you want to just let it eat you? Or are you just going to lay you guys, like everything else in your life? You're going to lay there and accept defeat, Michael? You guys have yes. not watched Russian Russians fight bears on YouTube and it shows. <laughs> well, I wrestled a bear once. Yeah. I mean, we know John has because Shane, but I was, <laughs> I was, I always thought that if you did encounter a bear, you were supposed to be really loud and act really big. And then it would be like, all right. You're too yeah. much work. I'll go away. And okay. uh, but once that doesn't work, okay, then you this is your make next up on phase. Your okay, gotta, Michael, yeah. let's role play real quick. A bear oh. is running towards a black bear is running towards you, and you're deciding to try and yell it away. What do I you swear, yell it's at just the black my bear? podcast mates. They're the racists, not me. <laughs> I can go higher if you want me to. You guys back away, all right? I'll I'll yell at you incoherently. He's just oh, reciting bitch. lines from My Immortal. <laughs> Please don't pound my butt. Please do anything but pound my butt. Oh, Draco. <laughs> you mean Darko? <laughs> oh, Drac. No. <laughs> Drac, no. <laughs> Drac Noir. Yes. All right. Oh, that was funnier than you're giving me credit for. Still a black bear. <laughs> Everyone, I think, knows that shitty scent. Indeed. So now, no one is saying you need to lay awake at night envisioning ways to cope with the brutal onslaught of a bushwhacking bear. Far from it. We're told that it'll be, uh, that will almost never escalate to that level, okay? Mm -hmm. In the words of one Park Service PSA, bears typically just want to be left alone. Don't we all? <laughs> Long story short, in matters of negotiating a standoff with a black bear, try to look big back slowly away, and trust in the creature's inner libertarian. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> we'll get there. Just give me a second. So, oh, uh, oh, no. This is, unless the bear in question happens to hail from the wilds of western New Hampshire. <laughs> now, why would that be, you might ask? Well, according to a book by Matthew Hungolt Hetling, that surly brute may possess a rather aggressive disposition and relate to libertarianism first and foremost as a flavor of human cuisine, much like your personal preference for sauces at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, coincidentally, a lemon pepper libertarian is my personal favorite, but uh, garlic parmesan will do in a pinch. Or it ain't too far from right if I can crib from the words of Calvin J. Candy. Hmm. So, firstly... I want to admit that this uh, pulls very liberally from an article in the New Republic by Patrick Blanchfield, uh, which superfan Steven introduced me to a while ago. Steven. He's helping me out with research these days, it seems, because he's very partial to what he hears, apparently. <laughs> uh, but then I also found a subsequent piece by Elizabeth Austin in the Washington Monthly that I'm peppering this with as well. So I want to give credit where it is due. But uh, they write about it, the uh, the book penned by Matthew Hungolt Hetling, who is a journalist, and the book is entitled A Libertarian Walks Into a Bear, The Utopian Plot to Liberate an American Town and Some Bears. That's your headline, not the actual yeah, headline. Yeah, that has... That nope, that Shane. is actually the title Dang of the book. Uh, my, my cliff note is... Shane. I was going to say, he's a man who enjoys brevity about as much as I do, so... <laughs> So H.H. recounts a recent series of strange events occurring in a rural New England town, the so-called Freetown Project. 
the Freetown Project is a purported derivative of the Free State Project. It's an American political migration movement founded in 2001 to recruit at least 20,000 libertarians to move to a single, low-population state, New Hampshire, in order to make the state a stronghold for libertarian ideas. The New Hampshire Union Leader reports the Free State Project is not a political party, but a non-profit organization. So, suck on that for a minute. But the FSP is a social movement generally based on decentralized decision-making. The group hosts various events, but most of the FSP's activities depend on volunteers, and no formal plan dictates to participants or movers what their actions should be in New Hampshire. So, question real quick. So, Fire away. Do they have a leader? Well, that is uh, part of the problem about the libertarians my friend <laughs> is that uh everyone you should not encumber someone else with your ideology because i cannot tell you how to live your life you determine that job right so i'm just wondering like when the flavor aid starts getting rolled out in the community. give me a minute we'll, okay. we'll, we'll you know <laughs> wrestle that around so the free town project as opposed to the free state project because they're nothing if not derivatives uh, it was rel it was a related project that sought to move to a very small town and advocate for legal changes there so they want to sort of change the landscape of this grand city in New Hampshire uh, there were two towns involved technically first Grafton New Hampshire and then eventually Mentone Texas. Something to bear in mind, but I won't be touching Texas very much here, and I don't recommend anyone else should either, Ugh. just to be clear. Uh, questions beyond this thus far? Is this uh, clear as mud to everybody? It sounds like the Rajneeshis to me. Like the Rash whole idea of you. going into a town and then being like, oh, oh. we're going to take over the government, actually. Wait, yeah. what? That's a, uh, a cult from like the 70s, I want to say? Yeah, on the, yeah. Mm -hmm. that the West Coast they were out in, here. Yeah, I think northern california no 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 um maybe around oregon or something yeah like that. okay um, they, there's they a netflix a... documentary about them super interesting all right i was gonna oh. say as as in most american ideologies they are obviously regurgitating somebody else's nonsense we recycle around here <laughs> or upcycle as john would like to say uh yep. did they did Never they send poison to uh city council members and stuff to help you know, decrease votes or something like that. Are, are you presenting this topic or, or am I? No, no. I'm just asking because that's what the uh, people that the other co-host, whose name I cannot speak, um, <laughs> mentioned. That's what happens in that story. Did I miss something as to why you can't say her name? She told me last week that I wasn't allowed to speak her name. And Michael's a little good boy cuck. And I'm he'll... just impressed, really. So but just call her Bended that Knee. Long? It'll be better. I like she whose name I cannot speak. Ooh, Perfect. well, that's reasonable. Okay. Oh, you assumed the pronouns. You know who. <laughs> <laughs> She's Voldemort now. <laughs> I'm Voldemort, actually. <laughs> he still can't say that, so you're encumbering him further. Uh, so this story, back from Voldecourt, uh, <laughs> surrounds a venture involving a gaggle of activists attempting to overtake Grafton, a quaint New Hampshire township, to construct a sanctuary for those espousing libertarian ideals. So yes, Courtney, very similar to what you're referring to. Uh, for the neophyte poli-sci majors amongst us, 
Here you go, John. Libertarianism is a political philosophy which points to liberty as its core principle. Go figure. Uh, they value autonomy above all, much like Satanists, and uh, call for freedom of choice and individualism, and usually share a skepticism of authority and state power. Wait, I thought libertarians were just the people that prevented Bernie Sanders from getting elected. <laughs> if only. <laughs> that, a sad state of affairs, that is. Happy Humphrey running the show now, but yeah. all right. So where Grafton is concerned, a collective of forward thinking freedom fighters found one another via speaking engagements presented by charismatic and outspoken libertarian firebrand Penn Gillette. Uh, while oh. clusters of jingoistic ideologists hide away in the basements, penning manifestos and self-stimulating to dreams of a utopian future. These individuals congealed around Gillette's espousing the principle that one person cannot ever be expected to know or be qualified to posit what is best for other people. Saying, I can self-regulate. This is what I am able to do. I can't recommend anybody else abide by my principles, which is something I've been saying for years now. But it has no political leaning whatsoever. It just means that you're going to start going numb in your hands if you do it this much. <laughs> you're just mashing it. Yes. <laughs> Stop! It's already dead. You're just grinding metal now. Ease off. Is the Pendulette stuff a lie? Is the Pendulette stuff a lie? Why yeah. are you guys speaking I nonsense? Would say no. Give I... me a minute. I will. We'll determine whether or not you feel like this is important. I'll finish the rest of the paragraph, and okay. then we'll get back to it. But um, these individuals, uh, of course, uh, gathered around us. Some of his lectures in particular sparked controversy at the time as Gillette decried the heinous and disgusting conduct he'd encountered from then-presidential candidate Donald Trump while Gillette was a contestant on The Celebrity Apprentice, which is an experience which he admits galvanized many of his current political stances. Hmm. So, as per usual, is there something in particular that you feel like is disingenuous about this? I, I was he on The Apprentice? I didn't know that. He was on The Celebrity Apprentice, yes, right. which he encountered Omarosa. Furthermore, he uh, was able to verify many of the things that she claimed that Trump had said around her, including using the N-word. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So, I'm I'm giving you a what? nod. So, uh, <laughs> if you uh, if you give me something, I'll I'll try um... to to break it off for you. Well, yeah, I don't know. I There's something there, and I can't quite figure out what it is, but something about that feels like a lie. Okay. Well, I'll give you half credit, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll come back around to it for, for specificity's sake. But you're, you're sniffing around the, uh, the right trail here. So, having met at a particular Gillette event, a collective of several like-minded libertarians led by John Babyars... <laughs> Which it's B A B I A R Z, Babyars, yeah. Good luck. Uh, began to codify their own commonly held beliefs into a credo that served to unite them as a collective. That the radical freedom of markets and the marketplace of ideas was an unalloyed good, and that statism, in the form of government interference, above all taxes, see this as, was <laughs> irredeemably bad. Left alone, they believe, free individuals would thrive and self-regulate, thanks to the sheer force of logic, reason, and efficiency. And not feelings. Certainly not. 
So for inspirations, they drew upon precedents from fiction. Ayn Rand <laughs> loomed oh, no. very large. As well as from real life, most notably a series of micronation projects ventured in the Pacific and Caribbean during the 70s and 80s. That should be the 1970s and 80s, by the way. None of these micronations, it should be observed, panned out in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) And uh, things in New Hampshire don't bode well either, especially when the humans collide with a newly brazen population of bears, themselves just working to create their own utopia. (laughs) Bears Property are like, lines. Fuck your freedom. Uh huh. <laughs> Bears are very strictly authoritarianism. Uh, Property oh, like communist to me. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Property lines and market logic, of course, be damned. But yes, uh, communist bears. They were flown in from Russia. It makes all all the sense. Uh, They're all wearing all the sense. little hats. <laughs> Could you tell because they were rushing around? That's a Shane joke. That's bad. That's even for you. <laughs> that hurt. I chose to stay silent and no giggles to see if that would fall very dead. <laughs> that was a... It's done perfect. good, kid. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. My dad's not. <laughs> In a country known for fussy states with streaks of independence, Uncle Tetling observes, New Hampshire is among the fussiest and the streakiest. I like that I turned him into Casey Kasem with a head cold, but uh, <laughs> for the top 40, I'm Casey Kasem. New Hampshire is, after all, the live free or die state, imposing neither an income tax nor a sales tax, and boasting, amongst other things, the highest per capita rate of machine gun ownership. Huh. <laughs> that took me off guard, I'm not going to lie. Wait, is that true? Sure is. Huh, Okay. Do they, they love... do they really not have income or sales tax? They do not. Wow. Hmm. Uh, suddenly everybody's reconsidering New Hampshire, I see. <laughs> well done. Uh, doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. Let's go start a collective. Let's talk to Penn Gillette. We got, st- we got stuff working here. Uh, <laughs> in the case of Grafton, the history of living free, so to speak, has deep roots. Michael. The town's colonial-era settlers started out by ignoring centuries of traditional Abenaki law by purchasing lands from founding father John Hancock and other speculators. Next, they ran off royalist law enforcement intending to collect lumber for the king, soon discovering their most enduring pursuit, the avoidance of taxes. (laughs) As early as 1777, Grafton citizens were asking their government to be spared taxes, and when they were not, just stopped paying them. So, you can see why Trump supporters moved here eventually. (laughs) Nearly two and a half centuries later, Grafton has become something of a magnet for seekers and quirky types, from adherence to the Unification Church of the Reverend Sun Myung Moon, to hippie burnouts, and more. Particularly important for the story is one John Babyars, as we, <laughs> the baby ass, baby ass, we're going to call him from now on. So baby oh, ass, a software designer. baby ass. Hey, baby ass, welcome to the live for or die hard state. Thank you for having me. I know that my butt is not regular sized. It is the size of a baby's. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to live free or, or die screaming. <laughs> Anywho, uh, he's a software designer with a Krusty the Clown laugh that somebody else's uh, editorializing, not mine. What is uh, a Krusty the Clown laugh? Ah! 
You're welcome. And clipped. <laughs> you say well clipped? No, I said and clipped. Oh, nice. <laughs> so uh, he decamped from big government-friendly Connecticut in the 1990s to Homestead in New Hampshire with his equally freedom-loving wife, Rosalie. Entering a sylvan world that was, Hongolt's Hetling writes, almost as if they'd driven through a time warp and into New England's revolutionary days when freedom outweighed fealty and trees outnumbered taxes. <laughs> the two Oof. built a new life for themselves, with John eventually coming to head Grafton's volunteer fire department, which he describes as a mutual aid venture. Okay. Not kidding. All right. And running for governor. On the Libertarian ticket. Although John's bids for high office failed, his ambitions remained undimmed, and he and Rosalie connected with a small group of Libertarian activists through online message boards. Uh Might not Grafton, with its lack of zoning laws and low levels of civic participation, be the perfect place to create an intentional community based on logic and free market principles? After all, in a town with fewer than 800 registered voters and plenty of property for sale, it would not take much for a committed group of transplants to establish a foothold and then win dominance of municipal governments. So, it's like a much is Zachary. <laughs> and uh, so, the Freetown Project was born. The Libertarians expected to be greeted as liberators, but from the first town meeting, they faced the inconvenient reality that many of Grafton's presumably freedom-loving citizens saw them as outsiders first and compatriots second, if at all. Tensions, as you would expect, flared further when a little Googling revealed what freedom entailed for some of the new colonists. Hey, Jim, I don't think you should be able to uh, take a shit in my front yard whenever you feel like it. <laughs> Personal accountability, man. <laughs> One of the original masterminds of the plan, a certain Larry Pendarvis, had written of his intention to create a space honoring the freedom to traffic organs, the right to hold duels, and the God-given underappreciated right to organize so-called bum fights. God damn. Um, Was the duels uh, bullshit? Nope. The bum okay. fights is clear, too? Sure is. Wow. <gasps> Not even a whiff, my friends. Uh, he had also bemoaned the persecution of the victimless crime that is consensual cannibalism. Oh, my That has to be bullshit. Uh... Nope. Consensual cannibalism? Uh, yeah, we as we learned from the it. Cannibal of Rotterdam, you <laughs> yes, should be I able know. to advertise your ass on uh, baby ass on on the internet and let somebody eat it. I would like to say that calling me a baby ass is pretty derogatory. <laughs> well, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to slap you to make sure you were breathing. Okay, calm down. It's not a lot to slap. <laughs> oh, you know, stop getting cheeky with me, okay? <laughs> So while Pendarvis eventually had to take his mail-order Filipina bride business and dreams of municipal takeovers elsewhere, (laughs) this is where Texas is involved, my friends. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, Texars. Mm Mm-hmm. Take the baby ass to Texas. His comrades in the Freetown Project remained undeterred, because apparently they weren't keen on cannibalism. 
they want to eat some other form of meat, but uh, not actually digest it. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Michael. I'm I'm sorry. I can't control myself. Soon, they can they convince themselves that evidence and reactions to Pendarvis notwithstanding, the project must actually enjoy the support of the silent majority of freedom-loving Graftonites. How could it not? This was freedom, after all. And so the libertarians keep coming, even as uh, Baby Ass himself soon came to rue the fact that the libertarians were un- operating under vampire rules. The invitation to enter, once offered, could not be rescinded. The vampire rule has to be bullshit. Certainly not. I'm telling you, Courtney's the only one that's even close here, and I, I will technically just give her a full lie, uh, yes. because she's, she knocked in around hard enough that I think I will we'll get there. She got in them guts. She did get in them Gillette guts, the best a man can get. <laughs> so the precise numbers are hard to pin down, much like Pendarvis's friends, but... Um, <laughs> Ultimately, the town's population of a little more than 1,100 swelled with 200 new residents, overwhelmingly men, with very strong opinions and the plethora of guns. Y'all see my brand new AK-47? Yeah. It's a God-loving gun right here. Is that a New Hampshire accent? Enough to make your dick hard. Well, these are the transplants, John, obviously. (laughs) They can't don't own. suddenly adopt a you know, New Hampshire accent as soon as they move in. How does one approach the New Hampshire accent? Well, just because you moved to New Hampshire, I mean, you don't, like, you know, turn in your library cards, uh, change your political affiliation, yes, you stop do. being Jewish. Well, <laughs> oh, God. those who joined the Freetown Project in its first five years were, as described, free radicals, huh. not the band. <laughs> You do get what you give, but that's not what these folks were talking about. Uh, These were men with either too much money or not enough, like this podcast. Uh, Essentially, those with either capital to burn, thanks to wife privilege, or nothing to lose, thanks to, you know, adopting other people's children. (laughs) For example, there is John Connell of Massachusetts, who arrived on a mission from Gad, liquidated his savings... (laughs) And bought the historic Grafton Center Meeting House, transforming it into the Peaceful Assembly Church. An endeavor that mixed garish folk art, strange rants from its new pastor, Connell himself, of course, and a quixotic quest to secure tax exemption while concurrently refusing to acknowledge the legitimacy of the IRS to grant it. You cannot make this shit up. So that's how I can avoid paying taxes. I just don't recognize the legitimacy of the IRS. Worked for the Perfect. former president, so. Yeah. And then there's. I don't believe uh... they exist. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. If I can't see you, I don't have to pay you. Exactly. I'm blind. <laughs> uh, how many times I? do I have to say I'm blind? <laughs> I know you're still there. <laughs> I can smell you breathing. So there's Adam Franz, a self-described anti-capitalist who set up a tent city to serve as a planned community of survivalists. Uh, (laughs) Even though there was not a single member that joined it who had any notable experience with bushcraft. Perfect. 
<laughs> evidenced by their platitudes here. But uh, we then have Richard Angel, an anti-circumcision activist known as the Dick Angel. No. That's bullshit. Nope. The Dick Beautiful. Angel exists? The Dick Angel is fucking real. <laughs> I just I just flashed back to Watchmen. You've been and praying like the, all your life. <laughs> the uh, the Like in Watchmen when they're talking about Dr. Manhattan, but instead it's this just in. The Dick Angel exists, and he's American. Of course he is. <laughs> Naturally. And then we have Aaron Jewell, a neo-dadist, dadaist, I should say, uh, with a penchant for using auto parts in his artwork and espousing the belief that masculine leadership is a necessary catalyst to ensure the salubrity of the American free commerce system. And right. so on. A lot of very well-adjusted individuals taking part in this project, as you can see, including I mean, a dick angel. They all seem to have quite a bit in common, including their neck beards. Mm -hmm. A lot of red pills. And their yeah. fedoras. And, and their uh, appreciation of dick. And their good day, milady. And their oh, attempt Lord. to conserve it. <laughs> I'm a dick conservationist. <laughs> and I'm American. <laughs> We're running out of dick in this country, and I just refuse to let that happen. Viagra for everybody. Where are you going to be when the dicks run out? <laughs> where were you when the dicks ran out? It's 7.30 in the Prime Meridian. Do you know where your dicks are? <laughs> I haven't known where my dick was since 1975. I can't see it anymore. But as Hungolt's Hetling, I swear to God, this... Uh, fucking hyphenates man uh so as hh makes clear libertarianism can indeed have a certain big tent character especially when the scene is a new landscape of freedom lovers making homes out of yurts and rvs trailers and tents geodesic domes and shipping containers beautiful suddenly the people in grafton woke up to the fact that their town was in the process of being invaded by a bunch of idealistic libertarians uh see neckbeards uh and they were pissed were they really yurts they really yurts yep okay <laughs> damn near that just them. feels like too hippie to me like this feels like very militant yeah but we need to like... live in tent cities i guess i mean sheriff joe should move on out there i was gonna I mean, say it's his people yeah I think he founded the movement, now that I think <laughs> more, of it. But more than likely. Uh, so, uh, they had a very shouty, irate, and contentious town meeting during which they told the Freetowners, who dared to come, that they didn't want them there, <laughs> and they didn't appreciate being treated as if their community was an experimental playpen for libertarians to come in and try and prove something. But the libertarians... In a very American sentiment, even though they never outnumbered the existing Grafton residents, found that they could come in and find like-minded people. Traditional conservatives or just very liberty-oriented individuals who agreed with them on enough issues that, despite the angry opposition, they were able to start to work their will on the levers of government. And here comes the digression. Uh-oh. They couldn't pass some of the initiatives they wanted. They tried unsuccessfully to withdraw from the school district and completely discontinue paying for road repairs <laughs> uh, or to declare Grafton a United Nations free zone. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> While those initiatives flopped, the Freetowners did find that a lot of existing Grafton residents would be happy to cut town services to the bone. 
and thus they successfully put a stranglehold on things like police, road and fire services, and even the public library. Aww. Motherfuckers. Now it's personal. (laughs) I took that personal. Went out and scored 47 in game six. All funding. Uh, is, the, uh, is the UN free zone, is that bullshit? Certainly not. Huh. I didn't know cities could do that. Uh, they can't. I, <laughs> they're I just... That's fair. <laughs> they're it's just funny tra- you think that. Yeah, it's... Uh, no. They're trying real hard to be the shepherd. That's what they call in bird culture a real dick move. <laughs> well, I'm just a small-town bird lawyer, but I don't believe you can involve yourself with the United Nations if you're a fucking town! <laughs> we like a seat at the council. So, of course, if the libertarian vision of freedom can take many shapes and sizes, there is one thing that serves as its bedrock. Busybodies and statists need to stay out of the way. And so the Freetowners spent years pursuing an aggressive program of government takeover and delegitimation. Their appetite for litigation matched only by their enthusiasm for cutting public services. Who does this sound like? Someone running this state, I think, but uh, anywho. Sounds like Courtney. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, that's a serious allegation right there. Valdecourt, thank you. Oh, God. The Iron Paw of Courtney. (laughs) So sick of being... Anyway. (laughs) I was thinking I actually looked at TikTok for the first time ever today. Oh, my God. I logged into our account to see if y'all had produced anything, and shock and awe. Oh, did you delete the post that I made? Yeah, I did. I just really felt like it wasn't to our standards. You can't just put a picture of your dick up and expect (laughs) that people are going to join, John. (laughs) Hmm. You are the I'll dick kill angel. Again! <laughs> dick angel. Uh, <laughs> Earth angel anywho. is a dick angel. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, I saw a video of a pug trying to get through the dog door and it couldn't. And so it has like a child's voice. And it's like, I'm just so fucking sick of being fat. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good time. So that's what I was thinking of here. Anywho, the pause of Courtney. So. They slashed the town's already infinitesimal yearly budget of $1 million by 30%. They obliged the town to fight legal test case after test case and staged absurd standoffish encounters with the sheriff to rack up YouTube hits. No. (laughs) Sure did. Oh, my God. Grafton was a poor town to begin with, but with tax revenue dropping even as its population expanded, <laughs> things got steadily worse. Potholes multiplied, domestic disputes pro- proliferated, violent crime spiked, go figure, with all the gun ownership, I'd imagine they'd all be pacifists, <laughs> and town workers started going without heat. Despite several promising efforts, Hungoltz Hetling dryly notes, a robust Radian private sector failed to emerge to replace public services. I'm sorry, Randian. I've never seen it written that way before. Jeez Louise. Uh, instead, Grafton, a haven for miserable people, i.e. cunts, uh, became a town gone feral. Enter 
the bears. I've been waiting. Yay, the hero of the story. Indeed. Black bears, it should be stressed, are generally very Lebowski, okay? For claw-like creatures. Uh, claw-like creatures. For they're clawed so creatures. Cute. Uh, claw-like creatures. They're bent and sharp. Very angry. North American woods are home to nearly three-quarters of a million black bears, and yet despite this concentration, there is at most one human fatality from a black bear attack per year. Good job, bears. Indeed. Keeping it under control. Da bears. Uh, bears. Even even as da bears and humans increasingly come into contact in expanding suburbs and on hiking trails. However, the black bears in Grafton were not like other black bears. They'll fuck on the first date. Uh-oh. Anal. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Butt bears. <laughs> I think that's a different compound, guys. <laughs> the honeypot oh. I always dreamed of, Pooh Bear. <laughs> Wrong website. Yep. <laughs> Anywho, uh, singularly bold, they started hanging out in yards and on patios in broad daylight. <laughs> Sipping a beer, referring to one another as the other fat bear. Offering to bake banana bread if they hurt someone's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other bear would say... Well, that's the bread is what got me here in the first place. Indeed. Uh, if you had been bread, we wouldn't be having this problem. But uh, while most bears tend to avoid loud noises, these casually ignored the efforts of Graftonites to run them off. Uh, chickens and sheep began to disappear at alarming rates. Household pets went missing, too. In fact, one Graftonite, and this hurts my heart to say, so Melissa, plug your ears. One Graftonite was playing with her kittens on her lawn oh, when a bear bounded out of the woods, grabbed two of them, and scarfed them down. No conversation. No thank you. There's Oof. witches in the wood. <laughs> yep. Uh... Soon enough, the bears were hanging out on porches and then attempting to enter homes. Now, you I'll note for happens. the record. You see what happens when you try and overthrow the government? Yep. Unleash the bears. <laughs> this is the plague that Moses did not release on Egypt. It needed to be held for real assholes. So, I'll note for everybody that uh, black bears are animals that can scent food seven times farther than a trained bloodhound. They can flip 300-pound stones with ease and can, when necessary, run in bursts of speed rivaling a deer's. So... When the bears finally begin to maul human beings, and you know that's going to happen, they attacked two women in their own homes. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Hide your kids, hide your real. wives. That's not real. <laughs> sure no. is fucking real. They, they were like, mm, let's check this door. Is it open? Great. Let's go in. This is like I heard. Locks? Like, what are, what is... <laughs> you know, I, I heard. I... Oh, sorry. Shane, no, go ahead. Go for please. it. I heard housewives love to get eaten. <laughs> uh i see uh you open to a scene and there's fog on a on the the exterior of the house you go to the interior it's two of the you know housewives just talking with each other and the phone rings and one <laughs> goes to answer the phone and it's just a bear what's your favorite scary movie and they cut the line and then the bears they're 
they, they're wearing the scream masks. It's scream, <laughs> oh, but it's with bears. It's, it's, oh, okay. They're the scream killers. I thought you would have went where mine mind went with the door. It gets kicked in, and then there's just a bear standing there in a very Sam Jackson-esque, like, this is for Goldilocks, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> it's, Your it's, ass is just right. <laughs> <laughs> This ass is too hot? I'm <laughs> sick of these motherfucking housewives on this motherfucking poach. So, uh, the recitation of these scenes, as you would expect, in spite of our lighthearted laughter, is a bit nightmarish. God. If you look at their eyes, you understand, one survivor said. They're completely alien to us. N- no, they're bears. <laughs> <laughs> My God, she's high as fuck. (laughs) Ate them mushrooms. You were well seasoned. So what's the deal with the Grafton Bears? (laughs) Allow me to illuminate. Uh, There were three bear attacks in Grafton County during and shortly after the Freetown Project was active. Some Freetowners deliberately fed the fucking bears (laughs) on their property. Despite Uh, this being illegal, I might add. Well, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Several organizations reported that there was a relationship between the Freetown Project and the bear attacks. However, no evidence has been given to substantiate this. But we can make a pretty informed guess. Uh, While we can't state for a certainty what led to the bear's temperament, one thing is clear. The libertarian social experiment underway in Grafton was uniquely incapable of dealing with this problem. Freetowners were finding that the situations that had been so easy to problem-solve in the abstract medium of message boards were really difficult to deal with in person. Grappling with what to do about these bears, the Graftonites also wrestled with the uh, arguments of certain libertarians who questioned whether they should do anything at all. (laughs) Right. Especially with several of the town residents still feeding the fucking animals. (laughs) Uh, More or less just because they could. One woman, who's as uh, American as the day is long, prudently chose to remain anonymous, I should say, was given the sobriquet Donut Lady uh, after she revealed she had taken to welcoming the bears onto her property with regular feasts of grain topped with sugar donuts. Guys, sorry, that was me. God damn it, Courtney. We (laughs) talked about this. Stop beating the fucking bears. They're just so cute. As I say to Sam, stop spending our money, and two, stop feeding the fucking bears. It costs money to make the treats, Shane. But Tony needs to eat. (laughs) Oh, Tony is a good little bear, isn't he? (laughs) Also high as fuck, so uh, it all works out. Yeah, it's sweet little fucking tease. Now, that said, if those same bears should manage to amble their way onto somebody else's property, well, you know, it's not her problem. True. Your responsibility is to feed them, not to make sure they don't go on a sugar-high killing spree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd think everybody would just take care of their own. Hmm. Now, the bears, for their part, were left to navigate the mixed messages sent by humans who alternately threw firecrackers and pastries at them. Such are the paradoxes of freedom. Some people just don't get the responsibility side of being libertarians, resident uh, Rosalie Babyass stated, <laughs> which is certainly one way of framing this problem. It's actually just a normal ass. 
No, she's she's baby ass as well. I'm married into the name. I don't have the ass. My maiden name was huge ass. <laughs> no, adult ass. Mature, <laughs> mature ass. Yes, that's my... Pronounced maturas. Maturas, yes. <laughs> well, Rosalie makes sense. I'm really hung up on the donut bear lady because uh-huh. everyone around has the right to bear arms. And she's like, nah, I have the right to arm right bears. To bears. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long you were sitting on that joke, but I appreciate your timing. Yes. It's really yes. well done. Yes. Like those treats. Yeah. So pressed by the bears from without and questions of decorum from within, the Freetown project began to fall apart just like a donut. <laughs> Caught up in the pitched battles over who was living free, but free in the right way. The libertarians descended into accusing one another of statism, uh, leaving individuals and groups to do the best or worst they could on their own. Some continued to feed the fucking bears. They're back on the fucking escalator again. Fucking escalators. (laughs) While others built traps. No. Others holed up in their homes and still more went everywhere toting large caliber handguns. Oh, God. With increasing regularity. They also began to up the calibers when they realized that you couldn't stop a black bear with a three fifty seven. <laughs> so, after one particularly vicious attack, a shadowy posse formed and shot more than a dozen bears in their dens. Because this is how Americans deal with problems. Just shoot it to death. This oh. effort, which was thoroughly illegal, I should also add merely put a dent in the bear population, and soon enough the bears were back in force. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, dreams of a libertarian utopia came to an array of bad ends, either through quiet realizations or accompanying agonizing screams. A real estate development venture known as Grafton Gulch, which is the fun place for the bears to go hang out, In homage to the dissident enclave in Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, by the way, uh, went belly up after losing a last-ditch effort to secure tax exemption. A financially ruined Connell found himself unable to keep the heat on at the good old meeting house that he had. And in the midst of a brutal winter, he waxed apocalyptic and then died in a fire. (laughs) Define irony. Nerd. (laughs) Uh, Franz, who is the gentleman who wanted to create the tent city, I will remind everyone, quit the survivalist commune, which soon walled itself off into a prison-like compound as though they were on the second fucking season of The Walking Dead. He's also now a greeter at Walmart. True story. And he's a a greedy greeter as well. Uh, But they wanted to better enjoy the freedom of their prison-like environment. And good old John Babyass himself, the erstwhile inaugurator of the project, became the target of relentless vilification by his former ideological cohorts, who did not appreciate his refusal to let them enjoy the unsecured blazes on high wildfire risk afternoons, or court-fetching young boys walking through town when they had a mind to. We should have known better than to follow somebody with such a small, pathetic ass. We should have followed somebody with a big ass. We want someone who goes whole ass, not half ass. We want someone that's dummy thick. You can hear them coming a mile away. Clap, clap, clap the cheeks. (laughs) 
And the cheeks are applauding his Herculean effort to maintain our freedoms. <sighs> uh, does this remind you of, uh, you know, the uh, autonomous zone, Michael? No, it actually in reminds me of the emu the balls war. And the butthole? Well, it's the, the if the emu war met the uh, temporary autonomous zone, because... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's coming. It's a... Oh no. We're going to return to oh, no. the uh, the pedophilia in a moment. And so uh, oh. when the higher profile template libertarian social engineering enterprise, the Free State Project, which we alluded to earlier, received national attention by promoting a mass influx to New Hampshire in general, as opposed to just Grafton, the Free Town Project's fate was sealed. Grafton became just another town in a state with many options. <sighs> Just like the uh, seven, you know, ugly guys hanging out at the bar at the end of the night hoping to court that sauced young lady before she makes it to a cab. <sighs> and also these were other options available that notably did not experience issues with fucking bears. Just to note. Uh, at least not yet. Statewide, a perverse synergy began uh, to... Uh, or a perverse synergy between conservationists and austerity impulses in New Hampshire governance had translated into an approach to bear management policy that could be accurately described as laissez-faire. I see you've got a laissez-faire attitude about the bears. There's no bear day. No bear day. When the Graftonites sought help from the New Hampshire fish and game officials, they received little more than reminders that killing bears without a license is illegal. And uh, plenty of highly dubious victim-blaming to boot. <laughs> so, had not the woman savaged by a bear been cooking a pot roast at the time? No? Well, nevertheless. Uh, <laughs> even when the state had tried to rein in the population with coals, it was far too late. Between 1998 and 2013, the number of bears doubled in the wildlife management region, which includes Grafton. That's a lot of donuts. You bet your bottom dollar. There's <laughs> a Duncan franchise open in that lady's front lawn. I don't know how Courtney kept oh, up. It's just little bears and little cars going through the drive-thru. Could I have a uh, dozen jelly donuts? <laughs> and a picnic basket! <laughs> okay, Yogi. Um... Did I share the the bear being tranked out of the tree video with you guys? You you told us about it, but we didn't see it. Okay, we're gonna watch that before uh, before we get off of here today. But that's neither oh, here nor there. Okay, well, we can link it on our disinformed Instagram if you want, <laughs> because I feel like it's super fucking appropriate this week. Well, by the way, that also is in keeping with the uh, glorious uh, bit of uh, advertising we got from the state literature, which says something's brewing. That's B-R-U-I-N. Something's brewing in New Hampshire. Learn to live with bears. Coexist. The bear problem, in other words, is much bigger than individual libertarian cranks refusing to secure their garbage. Uh, it's a problem born of years of neglect and mismanagement by legislatures and legislators, I'm sorry, and arguably indifference from New Hampshire taxpayers in general go figure, who have proven reluctant to step up and allocate resources to the fish and game, even as the agency's traditional source of funding, 
income from hunting licenses has dwindled. Why pay for a hunting license when you can just shoot bears on your own property? Mm-hmm. It's like home delivery. Uh, exceptions like Donut Lady aside, of course, no one wants bears in their backyard, but apparently no one wants to invest uh, sustainably in institutions doing the unglamorous work to keep them away either. So whether such indifference and complacency gets laundered into rhetoric of fiscal prudence, half-baked environmentalism, or individual responsibility, the end result is the same. The bears abide and multiply. But that said, uh, H.H.'s book is not without controversy, either, in spite of its findings. He's been lambasted by other journalists for chronic prioritization of style over substance. Something I suffer from, as you can see from this episode. Uh, which brings his repertorial judgment and diligence into question at multiple points throughout the book. I will illustrate how. He lightly glosses over one character's conviction on 129 counts of child pornography. And Ooh. later compares Grafton's troubling influx of sex offenders from 8 to 22 in four years. This is in a town of 1,100 people, I'll oh remind you. Oh, my God. Ooh. With an equally disconcerting drop in the tiny town's local recycling rates. But, no, that's neither here nor there. It's a lot of a heavy-handed sort of didactic talk here, so I apologize. But these are the sources I pulled from. Uh, later, he chuckles about a man found in questionable circumstances with a preteen who was asked to leave in an impolite manner involving a very visibly wielded baseball bat. Uh, issues have been raised with H.H. not mentioning that pedophilia and child pornography are profoundly schismatic issues for the American libertarian community and folks that claim that they want their freedoms in general, as we learned from them espousing a desire to eat one another willfully. Obviously, they want to fuck anything that they can get their hands on. But they'll draw the line at eating. Indeed. If the bears eat us, why can't we eat everything else? But in any event, the distinction between a uh, municipality of eccentric libertarians and a state whose response to general crisis is, in so many words, tough shit... Uh, may be a matter of degree rather than kind. Whether it be assaults by bears, imperceptible toxoplasmis, uh, para, uh, toxoplasmosis parasites, that's a fun one to nail oh. the dismount on the first time, uh, a bevy of child pornographers, or a way of life where freedom of markets ultimately trumps individual freedom, even the most cocksure of Grafton's inhabitants inevitably faced something beyond and bigger than them. And in that they're hardly alone. In the Grafton experience, we see clearly that chaos can be created when a significant chunk of the community rejects the strictures of government, science, and the notion of community itself. As this was written, 600,000 American lives have, of course, been sacrificed to failures of the government at uh, staggering levels, naturally, and the refusal of millions of Americans to curtail their sense of personal liberty to submit to relatively brief inconvenience and protect their neighbors and their communities. Why should I not feed a bear a donut? Why should I wear a mask that might stop someone else from being sick? Mm. Anywho, that is uh, all of the propaganda I'm going to hurl at everybody today, but I find this very interesting parallel, and I'm not alone based on the articles that I've read here. Yeah. So, 
This is what happens when massively funded propaganda campaigns lead large numbers of Americans to lose faith in our system of government. This is what happens when that loss of faith leads to blind opposition of taxation, for instance. This is what happens when public services and public infrastructure are systematically starved of resources in the name of fiscal responsibility. And this is what happens when they die. Uh, no, this is what happens, <laughs> shamefully, when those who are best able to recognize the threat and sound the alarm choose instead to treat local politics like some sort of low-stakes sporting event for out-of-shape people. And so at this point, it appears that we all may need to get some practice in learning when and how to play dead and hope for the best. Obviously, that last paragraph, not mine at all, but I really appreciated the points that it made, so I just wanted yeah. to hold on to that. But that, just my friend... You claimed it as your own. That, we would believe it. Well, it's, uh, I don't intend to lie about that. It was uh, <laughs> too well proffered by the other author, and I don't want to steal any acclaim. But oh, yeah. that is everything I have for you, friends. Huh. We caught fucking jack shit. Technically, <laughs> Technically. yes. One lie has been caught. and it. Um, go oh, for go it. Ahead. No, please. You oh, have... the donut lady. Is she is she legit? Sure is. Absolutely real. Amazing. I love her. Yeah, yeah. She is the embodiment of all that is Americana. His nickname wasn't Baby Ass, was it? Well, <laughs> that was my inability to appropriately pronounce his name, sadly. Mm. It has nothing to do with a lie. Mm. All right. So... I know there was a lot going on here, so uh, I had to be rather uh, deft in how I sprinkled lies in here. So, no, uh, these folks did not meet because of Penn Jillette at all. Uh, He never gave... She did, yeah. Oh, oh, this is the one that you, you gave. So, but there are several lies that hinge on this, so that is oh. the reason why I wanted to get specific because there's three right up front here. Dang. So, uh, firstly, Gillette never gave any of these talks. He didn't go around running for office as a libertarian. He wasn't trying to get other people to to lobby. He just gave a couple interviews to some spurious websites and claimed that he knew oh. Trump was a big bad guy. Not shocking. So then, because these folks did not meet, they actually met over the internet through posting manifestos and engaging in utopian daydreaming on the online message boards. The things I made fun of them for not doing, they gotcha. They actually uh... met that way. So that was lie number one, is that's how they met initially. Uh, the second lie is that Gillette gave any of these presentations, and that's how these folks met. That is also incorrect. Uh, and then t- the third is that... Um, Gillette indicated that he developed his political ideology from having worked with Donald Trump on the Celebrity Apprentice. He never claimed that it affected him uh, as far as his political views, but he was on the Celebrity Apprentice. So gotcha. you were sniffing around the lie appropriately, I just, like, but just, I, just uh, I feel like he's not been that outspoken like he definitely has his opinion you can go out and find it but i didn't think he was like oh he's on the uh the libertarian facebook page he actually offers the definition of what libertarianism is and that is where i pulled his ethos that i said he was giving speeches about because he really does say uh that one person can't ever be expected to know or enforce what is best for anybody else that we all kind of have to govern ourselves Hmm. so he uh, is uh he's very dyed in the wool about that he he actually has a whole book on that. Um, it's more of an atheist book uh, where he talks more about religion and stuff, but he definitely talks a lot about libertarianism. Um, I had it for a time. Um, I even I even had a picture of myself with him because I went and saw his show in like 
I don't know, 2012 or 13 or something. Mm. I, uh, I've, I've matured since then. That's, that's all I'll say. Okay. Prove it. I will. I don't have the book anymore. I've given it away. I'll also <laughs> like a library. Then why is <laughs> it in your hand right now? <laughs> oh, well, I should also uh, indicate that I withheld some information uh, from you all to prevent you from sniffing out some of this stuff and that, uh, the free uh, town project actually began in like 2003, 2004, technically. So him talking about Trump and all of this stuff would have been like 2016, uh, 2015. No. So there's no way this could have been the catalyst here. Yep. But I just kind of held that away from you so you wouldn't know. But that's not technically a lie. It just helped make my lie a little easier nice. to, to peddle. But I felt that's worth noting here. So that's three lies out of the way of our five. So you're going to be shocked at how much of this shit is actually real. Um, so while I knew everybody would be outraged by the legitimacy of the dick angel, he is in fact true, but the person directly following the dick angel is totally something I made up. Ah, so uh, Aaron Jewell, the neo-dadaist with a penchant for using auto parts in his artwork, espousing the belief that masculine leadership is a necessary catalyst to ensure the salubrity of the American free commerce system, is total fabrication. Didn't happen. Okay. Uh, it sounded so. He belongs in that legitimate. group, though. Like, he does uh, exactly. Yeah. Well I, I knew my subject. Uh, I was going to say that he used uh, body fluids in his artwork, but then I realized that might be too much of a tell for <laughs> Shane, given my history. So I, I changed yeah, it to auto I parts. I would have called that for sure. I figured. So see, I'm I'm amending my methods based on the fact that you know me too well now. So I have to kind of change this up. And then finally, lie number five, which is kind of a half lie, because I wrote this initially just about the bears. And then Stephen told me after I mentioned I was going to do this episode that he found another article indicating the, you know, wealth of pederasts and child pornographers who descended on the state subsequently. And the lie I had made up prior to him telling me this was the fact that people were incensed at baby ass because they couldn't uh, approach fetching young boys walking through town and, uh, you know, try to pick them up if they had a mind to. So that was a lie. They were not actually upset about this. No one was actually running around campaigning for the ability to, you know, diddle underage individuals. But uh, there were plenty of folks attempting to do it regardless. So, wow. That was lie number five, and it was because this reminded me so much of the temporary autonomous zone that I was like, I gotta work, you know, pederasty into this somehow, because it seems all too on point. And then, sure enough, it was actually happening, so just not in the way that I expected. Well, when you get freedom, it's freedom, you know, to do whatever you want, regardless of age or any of those, you know, just... They're I don't think labels. this is what William Wallace was screaming about as they disemboweled him, my friend, but uh, I, I get your point. So, those are the five lies. Everything else contained in this is lifted directly from that article and is wow. straight shooting shit. Amazing. Fucking crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it was not certainly as, as sexy nor as ludicrous as my, my prior topics, but I felt like this was something that was interesting enough to me, and uh, aside from the libertarian nonsense, I, I wanted to get through this as much as possible, so, so there you are. It's beware of bears, or live free, or play dead. I, I would wear the shirt for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's it's on the printing press as we speak. Also, real quick, uh, just on a note of uh, 
artwork and things of that nature. Stephen, thank you very, very much for your submissions this week. Um, I really loved being able to role play killing Shane as a chestburster with my my friends. Uh Uh Uh, That was really nice. And then also seeing Michael as the lemur guy. um, Fucking incredible. I was very Beautiful proud. Content. Very so proud of Stephen. He did tasty so well. Content. Mm-hmm. So thank you very, very much for that. Yes, uh, the man is a wunderkind, and I, I love and appreciate him more every single day. It's a shame I'm going to have to fire him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he wouldn't fillet you. So, and he's going to find out through this podcast. So goodbye. Happy Happy Pack Monday. Sorry, mom. Sorry, God. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> Those awards were issued from your place of employment. They stay on the desk. You don't get to take the plaques. You know, what's uh, even worse is that I'm his boss, and I know that he's doing some of these things on company time, and I don't intend to chastise him because it benefits me personally. Well, so you make I... a dollar, and he makes a dime. So. Exactly, yeah. So, I, I mean, I can't say much of anything. I appreciate the efforts. <laughs> but uh, that is going to wrap it up for this week's glorious installment, and I thank you all for bearing with me. Oh, I get uh, it. Ha! Huh. Huh. Buried the lead a bit there, I'm sorry. But, wow. uh Well, as you are all well aware, we do this thing weekly. In fact, we give you content multiple times. And so if you're appreciating what you're hearing, you should tell us so. We are able and willing to respond to you. Operators are standing by. So give us a comment on your preferred provider app. Go on to iTunes. Tell everybody how great we are. Give us stars. Give us validation, you lazy assholes. I'm kidding. Please. We know you love us, and, uh, you know, we love you. And that's that's uh, almost all we need. But you can also show us a little appreciation on a social network or two. We're not going to complain if you if you intend to. You wouldn't and listen even if we did. Indeed. And a thank you to Melanie. Bless you for ah. uh, lauralizing me previously. I finally did get to see it once my Twitter black uh, my Twitter blackout once my Instagram blackout was was raised. Uh, I, I appreciated the commentary, and and she and I had a lengthy conversation because of it. And she imparted she's very jealous of everyone who has gotten to come on and be a guest host. And so I offered her a, a forum, and we'll see if she she calls in at some point. I think she would be excited to chat with everybody. Plenty of room. Yeah. Yep. We can I, be had for a price. It's been proven that I don't need to be here, but she's more than welcome to sit in this chair. Well, Courtney would sit in this chair, and she could sit on the, the couch. She can sit anywhere she wants, John. It's free country. Bear down. Indeed. It literally. <laughs> Someone resuscitate the poor thing. It was just trying to get a donut, damn it. It ate too many donuts at once. Oh. Poor guy. Yeah, just when you thought that Hanna-Barbera could go no farther. Yogi down. They're turning the friggin' bears gay. <laughs> well, they're making the friggin' bears fat, I think. That's, uh... <laughs> you wonder if a, if a bear can get diabetes. <laughs> I'm uh, Bearford Brimley, and I'm here to talk to y'all about diabetes. Y'all got diabetes? Bitch better have my honey. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh, butter my biscuits and bring me that glorious honey pot. Anywho. 
That's going to be it for us. Remember, we are here every single marvelous Monday through your preferred provider app. And, of course, we are here every occasional Wednesday, uh, often Wednesdays, most often Wednesdays, on the tubes of you, mostly, yes. Uh, you can find crazy fan fiction. And uh, for those of you who are not ar- around when we record, uh, I will impart that Stephen and I get to simulate sex acts with one another this Wednesday. Finally. <laughs> okay, so I, I need to watch is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, so you need okay. to tune in. Because if you've, if you've ever wondered what it was like for Michael to read a porno aloud, and then for it to be acted out by a slothful Shane and a very high-pitched Stephen... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd watch you two fuck, so I'll, I'll give it a shot. I've watched worse. Uh, Melissa, as we were watching it, turns to me and she's like, how did you two do this? <laughs> it's like, Very you know, it's like we didn't pre-read the script, obviously. <laughs> so you just kind of get to barrel in and hope that it doesn't fall off. But uh, So I'm sure you'll enjoy. And if that isn't a, a scintillating enough sort of tease for all of you to go check it out this week at 10 a.m. Mountain Time on the tubes of you, I don't know what else I can offer you. But uh, I think that is going to wrap it up in a beautiful, bare, tantalizing package this week for the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And I just can't bear to leave you. Oh, bother.